Hey guys, thanks for joining us on Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel Las Vegas. Subscribe to us on Apple and Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Spotify to get notified when new episodes are available to download or stream. You can also follow us on social media at PC Las Vegas and visit our website, praisechapellasvegas.com, to find out more about us and give online. Thanks again for joining and enjoy today's message. We opened PCLV five days after 9-11. So we'll be celebrating 20 years as well, amen, as you guys know. October 1st marks four years what took place in our city where lives were lost. And tonight I'm not trying to relive, uh, but remember what took place that day and how it affected all of us. And tonight, I want to minister a message entitled, The Power of Unity. The Power of Unity. On September 11, 2001, started like any other day. People got up early for the day, amen, kids are going to school, adults going to work. As New York was up and already going, we here on the West Coast were just getting up, amen, getting our day started with our school, work, and so forth. At 8.46 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, Standard Time, <laughs> American Flight 11, which had been hijacked, crashed into the North Tower of the World Trade Center, which caused a shock to the city of New York. The events that follow was like watching a movie from Hollywood when Flight 175, hijacked as well, hit the South Tower of the World Trade Center at 9.03 a.m. Eastern Standard standard time and right after flight 77 hijacked crashed into the pentagon at 9 38 a.m in which then was reported that america was under terrorist attack while flight 93 was interrupted by passengers that were headed most believe washington dc crashed in pennsylvania in the fields of shanksville at 9.59 a.m., the South Tower of the World Trade Center collapsed, causing the streets of New York into panic, in which caused our nation and our world to panic as well. At 10.28 a.m., the North Tower of the World Trade Center collapses. It is reported that 17,400 people were at the World Trade Center when the first plane hit, 17,000. Under 3,000 people lost their lives that day, 6,000 injured, 26,606 at the World Trade Center. Flight 11 lost 87 lives. Flight 175 lost 60 lives. Flight 77 lost 59 lives. Flight 93 lost 40. 19 of them were hijackers. Of the, six, of the 2,606 that lost their lives at the World Trade Center, 200 fell or jumped off. 411 emergency workers include the NYPD, the NYFD, and other emergency teams. Out of the 3,000 lives lost that day, 100,000 or 1,000, I'm sorry, of the remains were never found. And a week after the attacks, Another 6,000 died. 
bringing the total to just under 9,000 lives died in the results of the attacks. And though there have been some conspiracy of what happened that day, the fact remains that 9,000 lives were lost. Many families still affected of, the, of, of that day today. There's reported, as I looked it up, amen, over 18,000. 18,000 today have been diagnosed with a 9-11 related cancer. So tonight, we want to honor who's, those lives that were lost, amen. We want to give... Uh, those that were out there rescuing lives, uh, those that were just simply doing their jobs. And so today we want to remember and honor the lives of 9-11. So why don't we all stand up for a moment, for a moment of silence as we take place and remember and honor all that took place that day that really changed the world. And so for this moment, let's just bow our heads and remember those families. Amen. Hallelujah. You can go ahead and grab a seat tonight. Amen. Tonight I want to talk a little bit about the unity that took place that day. And how New York came together quickly. They worked in unity. And the results of teamwork saved lives. We as a church can learn from what took place in New York on 9-11. Because Christianity, listen, it's about working together to save lives. Come on. Come on. You got to understand that the people of New York were coming together, amen. They were thinking of others, amen, quickly uh, rather than just saving themselves. Just like what we saw in our city in Las Vegas on the night of October 1st, uh, 2017. All you see is a community coming together and saving lives. And I believe that the Holy Spirit was loose that day in the lives of people, amen, because the people acted like people of faith, amen, putting others before themselves, acting like good Samaritans, amen, showing compassion, love, and faith. And I don't know about you, but that looks like Christianity to me. So many miracles took place in the midst of disaster. God makes all things, somebody say all things, all things work together for our good. He turns what's intended for evil to good. Many people said on that day, on 9-11, where was God? And I say God was right there. He was in the lives of people helping other people in the midst of disaster. There was two men that were reported working like two angels. Working on one of the towers, amen. Not working on their work, not, not working their way down, but working their way up, amen. Not thinking of themselves, but thinking of others. At one time, amen, you might have thought they would have said, you know what, we better, we better start working our way down, amen. But they heard a voice on the top floor of them and they decided to go help, but they never came back down. Where was God? Right there in the midst of these two men. What about Flight 93 that never hit its target? 
Come on, hearing through the conversations to their loved ones that America was under attack, telling them that the planes that were hijacked, that were crashing into key places, they decided to make a difference. Not thinking of themselves, not the, but thinking of others, they fought back. As a husband was saying bye, I love you, to his wife for the last time. Heard her husband say these famous words that became a book. Let's roll. And a group of people of Flight 93 fought against the terrorists that caused them to f- crash that plane in an empty field in Pennsylvania. Their teamwork and working in unity saved lives. Where was God? Right there in Flight 93. What about the two Port Authority officers, police officers that were found 30 feet under ground zero? John McLaughlin and his team reported to the World Trade Center to help as a rescue team. And they were found in the middle of the two towers when it sounded like a loud car bombing as the South Tower came down and buried them alive. John and Will Germero were trapped under heavy debris about 20 feet from each other. And Dominic Polezzo managed to free himself from the debris. And while other team members did die instantly when the, from the collapse, but instead of getting out to safety and saving himself, Dominic put his friends first and went down to save them. But then the attempt to go down to reach them, the second tower, fell and the debris of that tower killed them. John and Will laid there 20 feet apart from each other, not able to see each other, but they talked to each other. They even joked, laughed, talked about their families, cried, and even feared of dying. Then the man by the name of Dave Cranes, an ex-Marine, a devoted Christian, who was not even near the World Trade Centers, but was in Connecticut at that time, When he saw the second tower being hit, he said to his co-workers, we're at war. So he told his boss, you know what, I have to leave. I felt it's my duty to go help. So he drove to a barber shop. He asked the barber to give him a military cut. He went to his house and put on his uniform, which was hanging in the closet, pressed and starched, thinking it would come in handy one day, got in his car and drove to New York to the World Trade Center. And because he was in uniform, he was able to zip past the checkpoints and eventually got to ground zero around 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. As he got there, he started searching for people. At that time, Building 7 of the World Trade Center collapsed, and the rescue, rescue workers were ordered to leave, saying it's unsafe. They told this Marine as well, but he told them, I can't. It's a God thing. As he was searching, he runs into another Marine, Sergeant Thomas. As they start searching over the, over the piles of debris, shouting out, if anyone can hear us, come on, tap, yell, say something. They kept on doing this for about an hour. Then Sergeant Thomas says, I think I hear something. He yelled again, we can hear you. But they heard just a muffled sound. They said, yell louder. We can hear you. And then they heard where it was coming from. And they finally heard the voices 
and they were not being they were not able to see them, but it was John and it was Will, the two port officers that were buried alive. Not able to get to them, Sergeant Thomas went for help, but Will pleaded, Don't leave us. They fear that their voices would trail away and they'll be left. But the Marine, Dave Crane, stood there talking with them until help arrived. Will was rescued that night. John uh, was rescued the next day. Will was buried for 10 hours. John was buried for 21 hours. These two ex-Marines put others in front of them. They worked in unity, and they saved two lives. But you know what's the trip? They never got the first name of Sergeant Thomas, and he was never seen again. Where was God? He was right there. Come on. Working in unity, church, listen, saves lives. It's about working together, not against each other. Come on. We are striving to reach the same place, right? Come on. We're, heaven's our, our, our destiny, amen. That, we're all striving to get there, amen. So why is it that so many Christians today are knocking each other down? Come on. Instead of picking up a brother, instead of encouraging a sister, we simply walk by them. We need Christians today that will reach for those who are buried alive in their sins. We need to come together. Say, I need to. Especially during the times of crisis. Especially during this time of pandemic and, and uncertainties. Amen. We need to come together because when we come together, guess what? We save lives. Look what it says in Luke chapter 10, 25 to 37. A story that we're all familiar with. But it says this, on one occasion, an expert of the law stood up and to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What's written in the law, he replied, and how do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. You have to come, you, you have answered it correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he waited to justify himself, and so he asked Jesus, And who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and when he attacked, he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes. They beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road. And when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by by the other side. But a Samaritan, somebody say a Samaritan. Somebody say, that's me. As he traveled, he came where the man was, and he saw him, and he took pity on him. And he went, and he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring oil and wine, and he put the man on his own donkey and brought him to an inn to take care of him. 
The next day, he took out two delaries and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and I, when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor of the man who fell into the hands of the robber? The expert of the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. And Jesus told him, go and do likewise. In the story of the Good Samaritan, we learn that instead of walking by the wounded sinner, the wounded Christian, we are led, we are to lend a helping hand and put others first. The things that we do for God, church, the things that we do in this church, the things that we do for each other are not just because we have to or it's our duty or our job. The things that you and I do is out of love for the soul. Come on. Listen, love mixed with unity makes us grow stronger. Let me say that again. Love mixed with unity makes us grow stronger. Psalms 133.1 says this, how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. Come on, we need to get along. Come on, tell somebody, we need to get along. We cannot be fighting, we cannot be fessing, we can't be complaining. We, we got to just get along. We need to work it out. Tell your neighbor, work it out. Come on, we got to work it out. We're a family. Come on, I'm your papa, and, that's, and you're, you're, we're family here, amen, hallelujah. Amen, we're, we're here, amen, and you got to understand, that's your brother, that's your sister, amen, and we got to love each other, protect each other, amen, and be there to encourage one another, amen, but we have to do it in unity. When there is a brokenness, church, things just don't flow. Love mixed with unity makes us grow stronger. This is how we can grow stronger as a church, by working in unity and then doing it, listen, in love. Somebody say love. When we do, miracles take place and lives get saved. Come on, when we come together, amen, and, and the sinner walks into this place and sees us all getting along and everything's in love, amen, then all of a sudden the miracles of God take place uh, right here, amen, and when the sinner sees that, let me tell you, they get saved. In the story of the Good Samaritan, while the priest and Levi walked around, the Good Samaritan was the one who took pity and the one in need. But if you look at the text, it says all of them saw him. They didn't, they didn't walk by and didn't see him. But all of them saw them. All of them saw them, but only one took time. One took pity on the, on, on the one that was wounded, amen. All of them. It's just like one of us, amen. We see our, our brothers and sisters going through it. And we, instead of going by and praying for them or, or whatever, we say, oh, I got no time. Let them work it out. She's always like that. He's always like that. Come on. We don't, we don't take tag. Sometimes we come to church and here comes that sister or that brother that's always going through trouble. You're like, oh man, oh man, I'm going to sit over here. <laughs> we don't want to take time with each other. Come on, we got to work it out. We got to encourage each other. 
Each of these three men saw him. The Bible says they saw him. The priest saw him, but he walked around. He said, oh, no, man, there's, a, yeah, there's somebody in need. It's going to take my time. I'm, I'm going somewhere to go eat. I'm meeting somebody. I got no time for this. The Levite saw him and walked around. He had enough time to walk around, but not enough time to go help. But the good Samaritan saw him. And when he saw him, he took pity on him. See, we, say I, we need to see each other, church. And when you start to see with the eyes through the Lord like how God sees us, then you will start to see the hurts and the needs of your brothers and sisters in this house. To have pity on them. To, to pray for them. To say, what can I do? What, what's going on? So, so how can we pray? Let's, let's do something. Amen. But it was a good Samaritan that took pity and was driven, listen, by love. God's family works best when its members work together. God's family works best when its members work together. Look what it says in Ecclesiastes 4, 9 to 12. Two people are better than one. Somebody say, oh, yeah. Come on. For they can call help, they can call, they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other person can reach out and help. But the someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one person be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three, somebody say even three. Three is even more better or even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Unity brings strength. Tell somebody, I need you. I need you. I need you. It's together that we do this, church. It's together that we make it. It's together. Ephesians chapter 4, 13 to 16, it says this, Until we all reach unity in faith and in the knowledge of our Son of the Son of God and become mature, attending the whole measure of the fullness of Christ, then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves and by blown here and there by every wind of teaching, by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love. Somebody say, in love. We will grow to become more. Uh, we will grow to become in every respect mature, uh, the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him the whole body, joined together, held by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself in love as each part does its work. Somebody say, I, need, I, I have a part. All of you got a part. Come on. We, once one, one person's not doing their part, it makes it harder for the other parts. We got to work more. But when we're all doing a part. Say, when I'm doing my part. Say, when I'm doing my part. When we're doing our part, then it flows a little easier. See, when we can come together like in our conference, we can come together in whatever we do in the church, amen. When we can come together, how many know that's a little better? Everybody has a part. 
You got your part done, you got your part done, boom, we're done. But when one's slacking or that part is missing, then the other parts have to go take care of that. So now it brings a distraction and sometimes frustration. And now we're not flowing in unity. Now the person that was supposed to be doing their part, we're talking about them. Ooh, come on, don't be looking at me like you don't. Come on, it runs in your mind. You may not say it, but it's right here. Oh, man, sister so-and-so, I knew she wasn't going to do that. Oh, now I got to do it. Pastor's going to tell me to do it now. Now I got double duty. Thanks, sister. You know. But if we do all our parts, then everything flows, church. Unity brings strength. And when everybody's working together, guess what? Everybody's happy. Everybody's smiling. Everybody's like, you got your part? Yeah. We're excited. There's something about coming together, church, and working together, church. The power of unity saves lives. See, through these attacks, it brought change to America. Our secure system changed, making air travel a little safer. Though we complain at the lines at the airport, we complain it takes longer, it saves lives. But lives, listen, had to pay the price for change to come. The lives of 9-11, the blood of 9-11 paid the price, and lives are saved today. Jesus, somebody say Jesus. Jesus paid the ultimate price. Come on, Jesus shed his blood for change to come, amen. And that change saves lives, church. Come on. So as we remember and honor those of 9-11 and their families that are still alive today, let's remember and honor the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, as Des was talking earlier, you know what? Man, I'm so grateful for what he's done for me. He became deformed because of my deformity that I could be made whole. Come on. He took the whips on the back, amen. He hung on the cross while others ridiculed him and mocked him and made fun of him. Come on, all this. And at any time, he could have just called a legion of angels and wiped them all out. But he hung for you. He saw you in 2021 and says, you know what? It's worth it. It's worth it, amen. I will shed my blood for change to come. I will shed my blood for lives to be saved. So much he loved us. So much he loved us, church. Let's remember the cross of Calvary. Don't ever forget that cross. Don't ever forget what Christ has done for you on that cross. When you start complaining, remember about the cross. When you think you want to quit, start remembering about the cross. Come on, when we're going through things, remember what he's done on the cross. It's already paid, church. It's already done. Come on. He said, it is finished. Just trust him. We're going to go through trials. We're going to go through storms. He even told us that. But remember the cross. The cross always brings you back into repentance. The cross will always bring you back to honor. Remember the cross. And you won't complain no more. You won't do, you won't have all this, you remember the cross and just be grateful for what he's done for you. See, tonight we honor the victims 
and their families. Just outside of Pentagon, benches and trees were placed where people can sit and remember. In Shanksville, Pennsylvania, a circle of trees were placed where the plane had crashed. Each tree had wind chimes on them with the names of the victims. And so when the wind blows, the chimes begin to make noise remembering them. My wife and I, come on, we've been to New York at Ground Zero. Come on, we, we stood there, amen, and, and, and there's an outline of these two twin towers where they once stood, amen, and they placed a waterfall. And the railing around these borders where the towers once stood, amen, have the names of all the victims that died that day. You can sit on benches that they put, and they have all kinds of trees, amen, and the sounds of the waterfall brings remembrance of those who died. It was, it was a, we've been there on both occasions when they fell and nothing was there. And you can feel, you can feel, it's just overwhelming. We, we began to cry as we started to read names on the wall and they didn't have the memorials there. And when we went back again and seen the names and you can touch the names of all the people that lost their lives, you can only sense just the, the remembering of what took place. That day. See, the trees represent life and the final resting place for the victims and their families. So tonight, as I close, we remember 9-11 and we honor those that have died and we honor their families. As America raises its flag for freedom, we raise up the bloodstained banner of Jesus Christ which brings the ultimate freedom. Let me close with the words of then New York Mayor Rudy Giuliani. Giuliani? He says this. This was back then. He says, tomorrow, New York is going to be here, and we're going to be stronger than we've ever been before. I want the people of New York to be an example to the rest of the country, the rest of the world, that terrorists cannot stop us. We, say I, we as a church need to be an example to the city and to the rest of the world that the devil cannot stop us. And it only comes, listen, through the power of unity 